Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to A Minute with Coach Riggs. Former T.R. Miller head football coach Jamie Riggs shares his views on all aspects of football after a 40-year Hall of Fame high school career. Coach Riggs and his guests will discuss the latest on the local high school and college teams, the current issues that are dominating high school, college, and NFL football, as well as reliving some of the classic moments and history of the game with the people that made it happen. This is A Minute with Coach Riggs. Hey, welcome to another episode of A Minute with Coach Riggs. And uh, we're excited tonight to have Juan Johnson, the offensive coordinator at Hewitt Trustful High School, and even more importantly, former T.R. Miller athlete, assistant coach as well. We'll get to some of that in a few minutes, but excited to have Juan with tonight. Juan, thanks for coming on. Coach, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. All right, so when I started looking at what questions I wanted to ask you tonight, we're going to do this as five big questions. And so, you know, there'll be some different things involved in some of the questions. They'll they'll kind of cover five different subjects. But the first thing I wanted to do was uh, your family name, the Johnsons, are one of the more well-known families uh, of T.R. Miller Athletics over the last, going all the way back to the, really to the 80s. So I just wanted to see how good you were tonight and see if you could – Name all your siblings, cousins, nieces, nephews, and all who have played at uh, T.R. Miller and played very successfully. So let's see how good you are. Coach, if I miss somebody, they're probably going to be mad at me. I'm trying to make sure I get everybody in. Uh, I always say we got to start with interesting fans generation. Uh, probably more people know him than they, do. they know the actual Johnson name as Zeke. So, but... If you're covering all, all the cousins and siblings, you have to start with John Curtis. Uh, from there, you go with DJ, who, who played quarterback, played multiple sports there at Miller, football, basketball, baseball. Uh, TJ, uh, you also have to go with uh, my cousin Tamika Johnson and yeah. my sister Tracy Johnson. They both played basketball. Uh, then my cousin Rock Johnson, or Anthony Johnson, uh, which is his official name, he played on the 94 95 team that played in the Final Four in basketball. And then my sister, who she'll tell you she's the best athlete. She'll tell you they went back-to-back. She loves to tell you she only lost 10 high school basketball games in her entire career. (laughs) And then they lost none in their junior and senior year, so she thinks she's the best by far. From there, then I actually entered the picture, uh, and then Dominique, Brandis, and Jason. So between 1985, I think, and all the way to 2005, there was some form of a Johnson and some entity coming through Bruce City School. Wow, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. So let me ask, did you always want to be a T.R. Miller Tiger? Because there's no doubt. Uh, I know a few podcasts ago you talked about uh, the, the Deschler game. One of the first games I actually remember going to was traveling to Tuscumbia uh, to watch that game. Uh, as You know, obviously – kind of goes down in Miller history, but I, I always wanted to play for the T.R. Miller Tigers. And then the opportunity later in life that came, the opportunity to coach, well, it was an incredible feeling for me. Well, uh, I know your mother had a lot of influence on you, and um, uh, she uh, was a, was was an amazing person. Talk about her for a minute. She was one of probably the most genuine people you probably wanted to meet. Uh, she had a tendency never to miss games. Uh, she navigated me through life. Uh, very well, I always love to say, as a single parent there, 
uh, and the fact that uh, she involved me in youth football, basketball, baseball, anything I really wanted to do, she was willing to kind of take me across the country and be willing willing to pay for it and sit there and watch. Obviously, that was an unimportant thing, and obviously, she did a great job. You look at uh, your brothers and sisters and what they've done. And when you were at Miller, I mean, it even sounds like when you were younger, when you, but when you were at Miller, you were playing multiple sports, and it sounds like something you'd been doing for a long time. Talk for just a minute about playing more than one sport, what all you played, and there's obviously some good things about that, but it's got to be really hard, too, because we just don't see many kids do that anymore. But talk a little bit about the multiple sport thing. I really just enjoyed the competition, uh, from the football, the basketball, the baseball, really just the, the ability to dominate and really be wanted to be considered one of the best athletes in Bruton at the time, to be honest. Uh, no matter what we were doing, whether it was playing at O'Banner Park, which obviously is our older park there, I was able actually to uh, be a part of the group that moved over to the new YMCA Park in 97 there, 96, 97, that opened that park, and we actually won the bid to go to the state tournament. I remember that. Y'all had a really good team. We had a really good team there. So just I think being around so many different people, it kind of – it kind of brought me into a bunch of different circles in Bruton, to be honest, Coach, uh, to an extent. Uh, and then probably the – I really wouldn't take it as a negative. I really learned time management in order to be really good. One thing my, mo- my mother oftentimes focused on was the educational side of it. She wanted A's and B's, to be honest. Uh, anything less than that was not acceptable in her household. So the time management of school and then wanting to go do those things kind of had to coincide with each other. Tell me what – I know you played football, basketball, baseball. Did you ever run track? I did run track my first two years, uh, uh, my freshman and sophomore year there. Uh, I was actually a part of the group that ended up, we played St. Paul's in baseball there, uh, and we kind of had to decide they were at the state. The state track meet was at the University of Alabama at that time period, and uh, we just kind of had to decide. We ended up obviously going and playing the baseball game there. Uh, of course, they had Jake Peavy and all these other guys, but I always felt like we were one of the best public school baseball teams in the state at that time period. <laughs> You were not only not only did you play all those sports, but you were a good player on those sports. I'm not I'm not ever saying that you're the biggest or the fastest or the greatest, but you were always just a really really solid player in everything and just just very dependable. I can remember, um, you know, uh, when you were playing football. We'll get into this in a little bit, but you know, when you were playing football, once we kind of put you at a position, we never really worried about that position again. We knew that you were gonna take care of that but um it is a difficult thing to play more than one sport and to be be good at more than one sport very much so i think with the, the, a lot of the rule changes obviously in the hsa that have happened in the last 30 or so years or 20 or so years since i've been in high school but for for me again it's, it was just all about competition uh wanting to be really good at football really good at basketball and really good at baseball all, all at the same time well let's talk for a minute about uh about football in those days uh, when you got to high school, I think in the fall of 98, we went to the uh, state championship game and uh, got got beat up there by Deschler. And then, you know, 99, we got beat in the first round of the playoffs. And then by 2000, you're you're a junior and you're you're a starter and playing all the time. So um, uh, talk for a few minutes a little bit about the 2000 season. It was a state championship season. Uh, you certainly had a had a real big part of that. What What that whole experience was like playing on that state championship team? Oh, it was an incredible feeling, obviously, but uh, to go on and win the state championship, uh, win the blue map to get to hoist that. But uh, if you talk about the journey of it, uh, the biggest thing we heard, obviously, that summer was how bad we were going to be. 
Um, we had, I think, a 180-pound guard and a 180-pound tackle uh, blocking on the left side that probably most people, if you saw them, wouldn't pick them out first to be on the, be on the <laughs> state championship team off of the lineman. They did a tremendous job just, uh, of really leading. I think we had eight seniors between Blake Davis, Luke Smith, who played in the back, on the back end with me there in the secondary. But th- that team, I think, we, I, I think you know, in a way we were overachievers. Uh, but I think for the junior class, some of us, I don't know if we expect we expected to win or it was just we were just naive to the fact that people expected us to lose. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, but we, we kind of jailed there about midseason. I, I still remember losing to Clark County and to UMS Wright and, and, and really the season turning. And then obviously Galloway gets hurt there against Neil in the last game of the season, in the last game of the season, Ballamore Creek. And Rayvon takes over and rushes for a thousand yards in five playoff games. And really, we were expecting, obviously, to play UMS right and Trinity upsets them. And we get a chance to go play Trinity there. And Justin Lam, I'd, I'd be missed not to talk about Justin Lambert's ability to figure out signals that kind of help us defensively and figuring out what the Trinity Wildcats were doing. Uh, but Rayvon Howard had, I think, five touchdowns that game, if I'm not mistaken. And, we go on to, to play Fayette County, and I think the biggest thing about that game I don't think many people know of is the fact that we kind of changed our defense. We decided – we really, I think it's two-man now, to be honest. We decided to play two-man all game, and me and me and Galloway got to chase around and, and limit this group that I don't even think we we thought were that good when we watched them on film. But if you go look at the numbers, they were tremendous and what Spencer Pennington and his bunch was able to do. But – I think they, I want to say scored one touchdown there about third quarter, but other than that, we were able to kind of hold, hold tight, hold them tight. And I think one of the things you, all, I still remember you t- telling me was the fact that if they catch the ball, just get them on the ground. Don't give up any yards after the catch. And we were able to do that that night. I think they threw it over 50 times. I think they completed 18, 18 or so balls and gave it one touchdown. So I think they did a tremendous job. Yeah. And, you know, just talking about that game a little bit, I can remember that, um, I thought going to the game, it was a good matchup for us, but a better matchup than other people might be because of the fact that that year we we had one of the better pass defense teams that we had had in a while. We were pretty good at defending pass. We could rush the passer some, and our linebackers and folks could kind of move around and do some things, and, and you guys in the secondary were just real solid all the time. Everybody back playing back there was real smart. and We, we were just pretty good at defending pass pass we weren't quite as good at defending run fortunately for us in the finals we get Fayette County they don't want to run it they want to throw it ever down which really played into our strength and uh, I, I just thought that, that the matchup was really good for us and uh, and I do remember talking about not giving them anything once they caught the ball and the best I can remember that night we didn't give them hardly anything you know once they caught passes you guys just did a did a great job of, of following the plan. And i tell you a, a, a funny story about some of that from later years. If you remember, uh, Spencer Pennington was a quarterback officer, and he was really good. We knew we had to put some heat on him somehow, and so we had put in some stunts. And uh, we got a couple stunts in there that they just couldn't block. Basically, yes. double-A gap stunt things. They, just, they couldn't block some of that stuff. And I remember Dominique chasing Spencer Pennington. And it's what seemed like all over Legion Field. And so, um, anyway, about about two years ago, I'm at the Alabama Football Coach Association board meeting. 
So from time to time, we have people come in who have some kind of product they're selling. They want to just, you know, present it to the coaches and that kind of thing. They announced that Spencer Pennington's fits to come in and pitch whatever he was selling. So he, oh yeah, he does his, he does his thing, you know, gets done and all that kind of stuff. And so he gets through and he walks outside and I followed, followed him outside. I said, Hey Spencer, I said, I'm Jamie Riggs. I was a coach at T.R. Miller the night we played. And he looked at me and he says, y'all chased me all over Legion Field. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. Quinn and Dominique, they were, they, they tell me to this day, we don't win the state championship without them. So Yeah, I tell you right now. So, but it was just, um, I think that the thing about that, that team that you were a part of was that um, it was kind of unexpected. And we never, we, we, I think we all understood we had to play our very, very best to have a chance. And uh, if we don't play our best, it's not going to happen. And uh, from really from, uh, I think, as you said, the, the two games in the middle of the year we lost were pivotal, but I think it, it woke us up to some things. And from that on that time on, we, we, we got a lot better. And, of course, it does help to have a running back uh, who, who is special. Yes. Yes, he, he kind of came into his own. Uh I mean, obviously, I, I think is one one of the best running backs in terms of history. Well, no doubt about that. And uh, he certainly was uh, he certainly was great there and great in that in that game that night. And also, um, uh, so the next year is two thousand one, and and we have a pretty big senior class. You guys, there was quite a few of you guys, and um, and we have another really good team. I mean, we have a really good football team, and so does UMS. Yes. And uh, we we lose to them at Miller uh, in the regular season in a in a close game there in um, uh, in mid season end up coming back and and playing them in the semifinals in the midst of all of that you know uh, we had the injury to Rayvon which kept him out for a while and he really he had a high ankle sprain he really never got he really never got healed but I think somewhere we get lost in the fact that. That team with Pat Byrne at quarterback and and some of the other guys we had up front like Ty Samuel and and those guys, but that was a really really good football team that got beaten in the semifinals, but uh, is still one of the better teams we've had at T.R. Miller. We I, I want to say, Coach, we returned eighteen starters uh, for that team, and I mean it was I mean you have Dusty Wilson who goes on to make all state, you have Ladarrell Wesley, you have Shane Dossey, uh Brandon Wilcox, Ty Samuel. Obviously, Derrick Galloway comes back comes back from in injury. I mean, we we had a tremendous class of athletes. That's not the best way to to describe that bunch. I mean, we we played really well. I thought I thought just based on obviously from a coaching mindset. Now, I thought you did a really good job in off season of humbling us, if that makes sense. Yeah, they tell me I was good at that at times. <laughs> you, you, you you oftentimes told us that this team has not done anything yet, which we had not. And that everybody's gonna tell you how good you're gonna be, and those type of things. I don't know if you remember that when we opened the season against Atmore, and we kick it off to Rayvon, and he returns it for a touchdown. So we go from being state champions to returning the kick, and I want to say we scored like 35, 35 points in the first quarter. We go on, I think we beat them forty nine to nothing or forty nine seven. It it wasn't really close, but I I, I think just that team, we we were tremendous athletes and ability just to get the ball out in space. That was one of the times when we began to kind of spread it open a little bit. We had the uh, the double set that we used. Um, oftentimes, again, my best games actually were against UMS. 
from a passing standpoint and that uh, and how coach Hart kind of navigated it for us but uh, we had a tre- we had a tremendous group of kids that enjoyed playing with each other that again you go in and you play college ball and it's just never the same but I think that group, uh, in, in a way, probably our, our biggest nemesis, our last three losses in high school were all to UMass. So you can, you can oftentimes think about 20-year reunion, 15-year reunion, UMass oftentimes came up. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and, and in fairness to them, they were really good. And uh, we just didn't quite, just weren't quite good enough to, to get that done. But, you know, in a lot of years, the team of 2001 – would have been a championship team had it not been for that. Some years, there's just that one really good team that we just couldn't quite seem to get over the hump on. Yes. They had some really good players. They had Johnny Strider at uh, running uh, the Williams kid, I think, played receiver. I think he went on to walk on or signed scholarship there at Ole Miss, but they, they did a tremendous job. I think Terry Curtis had not even been there very long. Obviously, the career he's had there since, but I think, it, it, it set up for some tremendous battles between Tierra Miller and UMS during that, during that time period. It was. We had some great games. We really really had some great games. So you graduate, you uh, leave all that behind, and uh, I want you to talk a few minutes about college because you had a really interesting college experience. You, you start out at the uh, University of the South in Swanee, which is a different school. That, that place is different. There and you transfer to Tuskegee and end up playing there. And if I'm not mistaken, now keep me right on this. You played uh, more than one sport in college, didn't you? I did. I got the opportunity to play baseball. <laughs> so uh, talk a little bit about your college days, about all those kind of things, and, and about some of the people you've met. Because one thing about uh, when you get to college, um, things are different. They're not supposed to be like high school. You just tell that people that all the time. It's, it's very different. Uh, not only that, but uh, you meet, but you do meet a lot of good people along the way. And talk about your college days. My college days I actually start with. Uh, obviously, I go to Swanee there, just outside of Chattanooga. But I got the opportunity to play with the former Terry Miller Tiger and Wesley Bradley, uh, and obviously, and he was his legendary in his time there. But me and him, actually, they moved me to safety. I played corner in high school. And me and him got to play on the same side uh, year in, year out. And he had been an All-American, had touched down for over 100 yards. And oftentimes I found that people had a tendency to try to want to throw at me, which was fine. I didn't have an issue with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, had, I had seven really good games there. Uh, I actually was player of the week, um, the week two, when we were able to beat Ross Holman. A funny story about even playing at playing at Swanee there, they, um, in the 1999 season, if you remember, Jemison ran the option play, option reverse, and scored the touchdown on us to kind of go up, you know, and to give them an the opportunity to win the game. Yeah. It, what was funny was, like, we're playing Ross Holman there my week two of my college career, and they're down on the four-yard line. I'll never forget it. And Coach Baker always talked about ball away on the goal line, cut back, counter reverse. And literally, I see this play happening, visually happening the exact same way it happened against Jemison. They pitch it back. Boom, I make this tackle. I get named Conference Player of the Week that week. I think I had 12 <laughs> tackles. But wow. It was, it, me and there's a pitcher. I, I don't know where it is right now to be actually with West, like, lifting me up. And, he, and literally, he said, that's what T.R. Miller Tigers do. I'll never forget it because it was kind of that moment he was like, you arrived. You're going to do well here. Things are going to work out for you. And he had kind of set the standard while he was there, you know, being an All-American there. 
and then comes the off season. And to be honest, it was one of the situations where an opportunity popped up there at Tuskegee. Uh, I know most people know, obviously, Reginald Ruffin, who was former head coach now at Tuskegee University, but he was actually the defense coordinator, and I kind of got in contact with him about the possibility of coming to Tuskegee. And what was unique was that he was also the baseball coach. But, you know, in the earlier years in the D2 world, uh, they kind of navigated, you know, from the financial standpoint of assistant coaches, how do they get them more money? Well, hey, we're going to make you the baseball coach also. It's what you would think of in a high school setting, but it was a little bit different because his assistants kind of ran the program, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. He was a head coach, but he really didn't do a whole lot of head coach things. But he is getting the money. (laughs) (laughs) He is getting the money. He was kind of more of an operations guy, but... I got an opportunity there to kind of try out and he kind of, they navigated the money to kind of work out for me. And I, I transferred to Tuskegee there in the, in the spring of 03. And I had a tremendous time there. I mean, one of the, I got an opportunity to play for uh, Rick Comagy. Rick Comagy had been really good there at Tuskegee. He take over in the mid nineties, there in 96 or 97 and had kind of had Tuskegee rolling. Uh, one of the unique things about playing at Tuskegee, you know, you talk about the draft and those type things. And obviously it's kind of hidden more now in the news, but. I played with five guys that got drafted. Wow. Between 2003 and 2000, 2005, which is, you know, that don't happen often when you think about it. And uh, a lot of those guys from Drayton Florence and Frank Walker, they played 9, 10, 11 seasons. Uh, Harry Williams, uh, Kenneth Henderson, all those guys, I mean, they were tremendous athletes. Uh, probably one of the most unique experiences I think about Tuskegee was that whenever I, my first game at Tuskegee, we were playing in Birmingham in the AG Gaston Classic. And my next door neighbors on the other opposite sideline wearing the purple and gold for Miles College and Queen Galloway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a unique experience just in itself. And uh, obviously navigating through Tuskegee in my senior year, I was actually at a 4.0 my senior year. That some those those two semesters, and I was actually able to be named the student athlete of the year for the entire conference. Wow. So it kind of goes back to the whole academic thing, and I was able to graduate there with honors and. And go on from there and kind of, in a way, I was headed to Iowa State to go to grad school and things happened and I ended up in Op, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about that for a little bit. The first, first question I got about your coaching is that, so at some point in time, obviously, you know, you made the decision that, that you were going into coaching. Talk about that a little bit because that's some. Um, it's it's turned out to be something that's um, not only been beneficial for you, but for a lot of other young people that uh, you've had uh, uh, a lot of dealings with down through the years. But talk a little bit about, you know, what made you decide to uh, go into coaching? It's really funny in a way because, like, I was actually due to graduate in, in 2006. I was graduating on time. I had, and then Coach Ruffin kind of navigated. He was like, if you want to play another baseball season, you know you got another another year you can use it. He's like, I'll pay for it if you'd like to. And he's like, you get a minor in political science. So I decided to stick around for really what amounted to one class that I, I took care of like in the first month while I'm there. Um, and then the spring comes and I'm playing and I get a phone call from Jack Wiggins. And I, I had not talking, talked to Coach Wiggins probably <laughs> since 03 or 04. And it's the spring of 2007, and he asked me, he says, would you be interested in coming and talk with me about coaching at off high school? And I had a basic, and he said, can you come this Friday? I was like, well, coach, we're going to Kentucky. 
to play in Frankfort, Kentucky against Kentucky State. If you can give me, I graduate in two weeks. If you'll give me in two weeks, I'll I'll make my way to Op and kind of get get everything kind of worked out there. Uh, about a month earlier, I had actually traveled to Iowa State where I was planning to go to grad school. Uh, upon flying in, I see all these cornfields and I get out there and I was, something just said, one, this is not it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is not your pathway. Somehow, Coach Wiggum and uh, I think Earl Weeks was the superintendent there at the time. Out City Schools, they kind of, they navigated and worked it out. I had a history degree. Um, I was able to take the practice and the APTT um, within the month of May and get emergency certification. And a lot of it was, it was more the fact that I didn't want to go to Iowa and Coach Wiggum was providing me an opportunity. Um, one thing on Coach Wiggum was that you go back to my senior year football season, I dropped a major pass. I don't know if you remember it, Coach, against Monroe County and against Atmore. He threw it deep to me. And the only coach that came and put his arm around with me, Coach Hart looked at me and said, I ain't throwing it to you again. <laughs> coach Wiggle walked down to me and he says, you've been doing this long enough. You're going to get it worked out. And, of course, the next week I catch a really good passer against that Lucia, a really good analyst team. Um, we're going to beat them. But I always remember that relationship that I have with Coach Wiggum from that situation where it was probably one of, I would really say one of the lowest points in my high school career, but I was wide open and I dropped the past two weeks in a row. Well, I dropped a few of them myself. So, <laughs> so you decided you're going to go into coaching and uh, talk a little bit about uh, your time at, uh, first of all, at OP and, uh, and then you went to Stanhope Elmore. Talk a little bit about that because, you know, the thing about coaching, you meet a lot of people along the way. You, you Not only the coaches that you work with all the time, but, you know, players. And, and then in addition to coaching football, you coach other sports and you learn, you, you learn and see and um, uh, get to know people who are your opponents the coaches that you coach against and, and not only football, but other sports and all, but talk a little bit about the time that, uh, that, that you were at, uh, Op and Stanhope. So I get to Op Alabama. I think it was June. I want to say it was June 1st there, 2007. And I go out, I, I'll never forget the first practice. And we go out that summer and we were running around and we come back in and Jack looks at me and I said, Jack, we're terrible. <laughs> 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 he was like, he was like, I know, I know. They were coming off of back-to-back one and nine seasons. Uh, but we had some some tremendous kids that really he was like, he was in a way coaching kids that, of his former classmates there and Brent Wilson yeah. uh, and others. But they worked really, really hard. That, that's the one thing I always, I always take heed to from the kids during my hot days was that they wanted to be so good. Um, and we were able actually to make the playoffs those three years I was there. Uh, we did a tremendous job. I think I, we did a tremendous job of really running. They, they, they always kind of nicknamed us. They always called us Tierra Miller East. Uh, I remember ran, that. Yeah. <laughs> we ran pro style live, very similar to counter booting. And for me, it was, I mean, you got to think about a kid who from sixth grade on or seventh grade on, we, I'd learned this offense and I was able really to step in and my learning curve was short. Yeah, from a from a learning standpoint of it, and I was able to kind of really work on building a relationship with kids. I was able to coach the DBs and the wide receivers there, coach basketball, coach baseball, and I helped me and Coach Ennis get another former coach at Miller there. 
we actually helped to start the track program. Yeah, I remember that. So I, I was kind of very entrenched into the community. And then the, at, the, at the end of year three, uh, I always tell people this, is that you talk about relationships, talk obviously Coach Wiggum, Coach Ennis, but my second job, really a big, the big part of me getting to Stanhope was because of Coach Torrance and his relationship with uh, Jeff Foshi, who yes. they were roommates at the University of Alabama. Uh, and that I remember I called Jeff Foshi and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm excited. I want the opportunity to interview with you. And I don't even think Jeff got my name that day that I called. <laughs> and I laugh about it now. Yeah. And I, I remember calling coach Torrance. And I said, coach T, uh, I'm probably going to end up leaving up here this spring and then spring into the spring term. Is there any way possible? You know, anybody staying up more? He was like, Oh, that's Jeff. Me and play ball together. 10 minutes later, I'm talking to Jeff Foshi. I go interview on Tuesday. I'm board approved that Thursday. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> you think about relationships and what you're able to build at Tierman and, and what we were able to do. I go to Stanhope and, and I'm supposed to just be the football coach, assistant, D, I mean, the DB coach, and I'm going to be the assistant baseball coach. Um, I get there. They say, hey, we're going to make you the JV basketball coach and assistant football coach. I worked tremendously hard that summer in being the JV basketball coach, and then the head coach quits the first day of school. <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I was 25 years old, and the principal walked up to me, him and Jeff, and said, you think you could be the head basketball coach? I was like, eh, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? You know? <laughs> and, and now I'm, I'm the co-defensive coordinator, and I'm the head basketball coach, and it was just tremendous time. We went. 10 and 3 that, that year, uh, there we had a tremendous defense. I want to say we gave up 11 point something points a game, if I remember correctly. Wow. Um, one of the games in which I remember I thought I was going to get fired in. We played, uh, Jeremy Johnson, who you know, and most people know, went on and played at Carver, but this is 6A football when it was just 1A through 6A, and we gave up 35 points that night. And my DBs looked terrible. <laughs> so it's on, so in the grand scheme of it, it's kind of on me, but. We were able to kind of really get it turned around, and we were tremendous that year defensively and holding people uh, really from a pass game standpoint and a run game standpoint. And then I get a phone call from the legendary Jamie Ray. <laughs> I'll never forget that phone call. The biggest thing I remember about it was just like you said, think about it. And when you hung up the phone, I wanted to call you back. <laughs> like, Can I take the job now? You know, that was a pretty easy decision for me. You know, um, when I when – I, hired coaches a lot of times I really knew who I wanted to hire years before that and when I find out found out that you were going to go into coaching I said right then um I'm going to hire him one day I had done the same thing um uh with Eddie Brundage you know uh, long before um uh, I, I I was really sneaky about hiring hiring Eddie because uh uh he was at Jackson years before and Danny Hayes was a coach over at Jackson, and I went to this little clinic thing one day, and he kept talking about what a great coach Eddie Brundage was. And I said, I remember Eddie when he played at Troy, and I said, I'm going to hire him one day. And, you know, about three or four years later, I hired him. So, you know, but it was it was the same thing with you. You know, I just knew that one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you, and I'm just going to try to make sure that the time was right. And the time was right. We needed some help with some things. And one of the things that, that I admired about you when I, when you got there and started coaching is that <clears throat> you could coach everybody. 
And some guys, the guys that have great ability, they do fine with, but they can't coach that guy that's not very good, and they don't really want to coach him. I mean, sometimes I've seen folks that couldn't coach the guys who had a lot of ability. You know, they 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 don't understand why they don't try as hard as they should sometimes. But it didn't make any difference. Uh, you are a really good teacher. And you could coach anybody, no matter what it was. If we had somebody that had discipline issues, you could coach them. If we had somebody that had attitude issues, you could handle them. And I think that's been one of your greatest strengths that you could just you could just coach everybody. But well, I was really excited to uh, get you to Miller. Now, there are good things and bad things about coaching in your hometown, right? There are definitely good and bad things. They come with they come with the job. So we know some of the good things. Okay, what's some of the bad things about coaching in your hometown? You can't quite hang out in, in the spots you used to hang out in. That's probably the number, the number one thing that I would say. Because, I mean, when you go back to my time, and obviously I was about 45, 50 minutes from Bruton. I mean, I could drive over, you know, come to Bruton, hang out, drive back to Op. Nobody in Op knew, nobody in Bruton even cared. So right. it was, it was, it was kind of easy for me where – as soon as they put me in the, on the front page of the Bruce Standard, it kind of changed a little bit for me. Yeah, it does. It does, and that 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 is a is a little different. And everything you know, and I know in my situation, a little different than yours, but my situation still the same thing. And you know, every once in a while, you you get that old buddy who needs a wants you to cut you cut a favor or do this or do that. You know, somewhere, and you got to kind of try to navigate some of those things. You know, I know some folks that uh, you know I went to high school with and. You know, when their children were playing football, they weren't playing as much as they want them to or something. They'd be mad with me, wouldn't speak to me, you know. And then their children would graduate, and then they go back to being my friend again. So it was just being in your hometown can be kind of challenging at times. It definitely happened a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. It was it, it was kind of unique. I think I, I think probably the person that was mo- – the three people that were most excited about me coming home, my mother, Zeke, and TJ. Yes. Yes, I can understand that. Those three are probably the most excited. I, I, I can understand that. I, I really can. Well, you, you did a great job, and uh, you're not co- – and, and, and obviously, in addition to football, you're coaching other stuff. Yes, I got the opportunity to coach basketball there. Uh, my first year, actually, was just the JV coach. I actually got to coach uh, Trey, Trey Walker uh, and Kellen Wynn there, and then the next season, I got to be the head – at varsity coach there and and we made a tremendous jump just in our ability to get people in the seats we wanted to play yeah. an exciting brand uh of, of ball and i think some of our biggest wins were, where we got the opportunity to beat monroe county we were beating hillcrest we were beating Andalusia, which at that time period they were kind of the traditional powers and what i really thought was that we kind of made it competitive uh, we wanted to put tr miller kind of back at the top mm-hmm. the elite of the elite uh and obviously, we had a tremendous player. I'd be amiss if I didn't talk about Charlie and Johnson and what he was able to do for us. Oh yeah, and he was one. He was one of those kids that football, basketball kid that enjoyed both. Yeah, he was something. He he really was, and uh, and and an outstanding receiver. You know, he played some quarterback for us. He played some receiver. He could he could do all kinds of different things. But he yeah he he really was a good athlete. I retired after the fifteen season. You leave Miller, you go to. Hewitt Trustful, you you've been at Hewitt Trustful seven years, 
Seven years now. Seven, Seven years, years now. now. I think it, it, that it is. So obviously that's a that's a different deal. I get to Hewitt in twenty sixteen there seventeen, uh, and we are kind of in a way we're kind of at a crossroad there. Uh, we kind of benefited a little bit from going to the Huntsville football region there. Yeah. Uh, but we play in we play a brand of football that people call Husky Pack. Uh, we try to snap it within 11 seconds, which, again, a lot of philosophies don't always agree with that, you know. Uh, but I always say we're a little bit tempo-based, but I'm, I'm just a running back coach there the first two years, and then the next two years I'm actually – become the running game coordinator in the last three years I've been able to be the office coordinator here. At some other time, I'll get into offensive philosophy with you a little bit and what you guys do because it's really it's it's really uh, amazing. Not only that, the success that you've had. Seven A League is crazy up around Birmingham, and I know that 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 just and everybody understands the struggles you have guys have had trying to get through Thompson and Hoover and so forth. I know there's a lot of people talking about that a lot now. You know, and looking at maybe different things that they can do to change a playoff thing, to try to fix it so the big schools that have so many students uh, don't dominate. I don't know what the answers to all that is, but um, but y'all have been very competitive in that and, and really just done a first-class job. Yeah, we, we've tried to put a first-class product out there. I've learned a lot just about how uh, really larger schools have to operate. Uh, you think about the difference in the fact of uh, we talk about just me and myself as a high school athlete. I play both sides of the ball. Yeah. Where a kid in the seven eight round, he may play both sides of the ball, maybe five or six snaps on on very unique and designed plays that he kind of comes over and he works on, but he goes back. But he's going to play half of the snaps of what I would play in a high school football game. Uh, but with all that being stated, I mean, you, you deal with the large school and the big school. We're actually one of the smaller 7As. I think we're like number 22 or 23 in the population of it. But we've kind of been in a deal where we call, we call it the Region 3 invitation from the northern standpoint where the, the Region 4 teams, we our 4C kind of goes up and knocks them off for the last four seasons. Yeah. It's been that way. And I think we've been the 3C most of the time. We've been – one year we ended up being the fourth seed, and we go up and we knock off James Clemens. It was ten and zero, and we were seven and three. But Birmingham football is is highly competitive. Yes. Um, when I first came here, I think the quarterbacks were tremendously good. That was the biggest difference that I saw from Northern football, really Central Alabama, Birmingham football, and South Alabama football. Was the quarterback play was really high. You had guys that could make throws that. I didn't see a whole lot of lower Alabama quarterbacks making during the game. That mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, but again, you understand too that you know with the the number of kids in school, you know you're going to have those elite athletes a little bit more. The other thing is in seven A football, everybody's got some. Yeah, that is fact. <laughs> that, is, that is fact. We we oftentimes talk about it. You would, I mean. Uh, Hoover High School almost has more boys than we have actually students. I think they're right at about 3,000 kids. Yeah. I think we, we have a right at about 1,600, 1,700 students. Uh, so they have a little bit of an advantage, but in the grand scheme of things, for most people in the state, they do not care. All they see is 7A. You got a 1,000 kids. You got to find 11 that can play on one side of the ball, both sides of the ball there, and, and put out a functional, a functional group that's highly competitive. Yeah. Any other differences you see in, um, 3A, 4A football, you've coached, um, uh, obviously, 6A, 7A football. 
Um, so it, any other differences you see in them? The, and, and what about the big school football do you, do you particularly like? I like the practice schedule, and it's a big difference in the fact of how you have to operate and navigate. I think we get more reps uh, just from the aspect of being able to kind of detail the game plan a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, where you're spending half of your time on offense and defense there at the lower level. And sometimes, you know, just from a rep standpoint of not wanting to overwork them so that they're, they're still adequately prepared for Friday night, where from from my avenue of it, I'm, I'm going to get more reps out of them, more details out of them, where he doesn't necessarily have to go play cornerback for half the practice, backpedaling, doing these type of things. He's just going to play receiver the entire time. Uh, I think that's the, the biggest difference that I, I kind of enjoy from a practice setup. Yeah, I can understand that. And not only that, but, you know, that kid also has to learn whatever's going on on defense. And he just has to spend a lot of time and a lot of knowledge about that. And when you're only doing one thing, uh, it certainly helps your your ability to just have knowledge of the game, knowledge of pass routes and, and blocking schemes and, and things like that, where, you know, at Miller, we, we had to double our guys up all the time to be able to do that. And so it does it does require a little bit of them, but that's why we have classifications too, though, so that everybody's you know everybody's pretty much in the same boat, you know, down here in three A and four A football, and p- people are kind of in the same thing six A and seven A. Everybody's got some athletes and 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 to be able to do some of that. But um, so uh, well, y'all, y'all y'all have done a really great job. I know you're highly respected you know, throughout the state, you know, with what you guys do and so forth. So, uh, but I, at some other time, I'd love to have another episode. Where we can just get to some uh, football sometime and talk a little more in detail about what y'all do, particularly what you do on offense and what are some of the latest things that are going on in high school football and offense. Because high school, offensive high school football in the last 12 to 15 years has changed drastically. It has changed. It has changed. There's a lot of people going back to the pro style I though, believe it or not, Coach. there. <laughs> They're kind of finding their way back a little bit. We actually have a little bit of it. A lot. What's funny is that a lot of our play calls, I, I'm because I'm the office coordinator, I've changed them to how we call them at Miller when we get it out. So we, <laughs> we literally run a, we we run two twenty five two hundred seven flat. They know that's kind of boot, and the only, that's the only time we call it. And we we actually ran it highly successful this year. We ran it four times and we scored three touchdowns. <laughs> that's a nice percentage right there. You know, if you can do that. So, oh goodness, well. So, all right, so finally, uh, last question here. When you go home at night, you have a lot of ladies at your house. A lot of them. A, a lot of them. I always said that coaching football wasn't so much a profession as it was a way of life, you know, for yes. for you and your family, your own. It, it's kind of like the tax guy, you know, from January to April 15th, you know, it's tax season. We're not going anywhere doing anything. And with football, it's the same way. And so talk a little bit about how you try to balance. First of all, tell us about your family. And then talk a little bit about how you try to balance the time you spend to be good at football and the other things that you coach and how you balance that with being dad at home and husband at home. <laughs> yes, I am, I'm actually married to the former Tiffany Walton. She's from Nips. Alabama, right there near Evergreen. Uh, went to the Hillcrest Evergreen there. Uh, I think she actually, she actually graduated from W.S. Neal. Uh, but we had three daughters. We had one daughter there right before we left Miller. 
our oldest in Grace, and then we've had two other daughters since we've been here in Birmingham, and Ella Gray and Emily Greer. Uh, they are now seven, four, and one. Um, I, I love to always tell people, I heard a coach say at a coaching clinic, actually I went to Charlotte one time, so the National Clinic, early in my career, he talked about winning at home um, and being just intentional where your feet are. And I've tried to really apply that over the years. Obviously, you kind of get out of whack sometimes from time to time. But when when I when I walk through the door, there's nothing better than being daddy's home at the end of the day. Uh, and and, they, and being that they are all girls, and I coach mostly boys sports, other than the last three years here at Hewitt, I've actually coached girls basketball. And we've been really good at that also with head coach Tanya Hunter. But it, it is – it is tremendously different from going to being around 120 male athletes to my three girls and my wife being at home. But the change is good. You know, that, that it, 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 it really is sometimes to be able to, to put some things away, you know. And, uh, and the hardest thing for me, too, was, like you talked about, being where your feet are. You know, there was times that I would be home and I might be sitting at the dinner table, but... I'm thinking about football, if you know what I mean. I mean, I, yes. I, I mean, we're talking a little bit, but I'm, you know, every every waking moment there, you know, in between, it's like I'm thinking about, you know, what happened at practice today or something, and that's that's a hard thing to you. You really have to make yourself, you have to compartmentalize your life a little. Yes, you definitely do. I think our oldest daughter, she's kind of gotten to where if you. Have you ever seen, remember the time, remember the little girl, I can't remember her name, that watched football to the extent where her eyes, she's kind of naming what people are doing wrong. Yeah. She's kind of gotten, she's gotten to that point in her, <laughs> in her football career because she's probably watched more high school football games than many adults will ever watch, to be honest, outside of their high school career, where she, where she really enjoys it. She loves uh, one of her favorite players as a kid. I coached Armani Gilbert. Yeah. plays at LSU, and Armani has a – Armani FaceTimes me once a week just so he can talk to her. <laughs> you know, and, and you talk about relationships just between being at home and, and football. They count, they kind of have mended themselves. Uh, even Sean Jackson, uh, he comes to my house from time to time and different others. And mm. the relationships you're able to build during the summer, we always go to Buffalo Wild Wings here where, where my wife pays for them, the, the running back group, <laughs> to eat. And the girls come and, and, and they love it. They enjoy it. Uh, uh, going down the slide, I'll take. We'll go to the park there, and they'll take them down the slides and those type things. So, just from a winning at home standpoint, I try to make them mend and work together between those six months. Whenever August kicks off, or really, really now it's June. Yeah, right. <laughs> from yeah. June all the way to November, December. But you know, um, there are some things that obviously are lost a little bit time wise and all because of the the hours that you have to put in. But there are also some things that other kids don't get in their lives. Like you talked about knowing some of the players and going here and going to games and doing some things. And I know, of course, I had boys. You know, my boys, by the time they're seven, eight years old, you know, they're at football practice every afternoon, uh, you know, being a manager. And they're having a great time with some of their buddies and all, you know, we're managers too. And and they love coming up there and, and that kind of thing. It was it was kind of a trade-off, but there were some things that they got to do that were special that the other kids just don't have in their lives. That, that is very true. I mean, she she loves coming to the field house, hanging out with the guys, 
Emma Grace especially. Ella Grace kind of getting into it, and Emily Grace just kind of looks at him. <laughs> she, she's at the age or she's yeah. like, why yeah. are you looking at me type deal but it, it has been tremendous for them uh just in that relationship that they get to have with our players yeah absolutely absolutely well and, and as you said earlier football is really about relationships uh, not only with uh, uh coaches to coaches and coaches to players and you know, uh, not only that, but with 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 faculty and parents, and there's just so many people that you meet in football, and and just like you talked about earlier too, somewhere down the line, uh, these people come back into your life occasionally. It's amazing the people um, that um, that have T. R. Miller backgrounds that you run into, whether it's in Birmingham or wherever else, uh, that that's that's going to be meaningful to you in the future. Coach, I, I tell I, I say this because I wholeheartedly mean it. A big part of where I'm at today is because I went to Terrell High School and I grew up in Bruton, Alabama. Absolutely, and I can remember even when I was in college and when I went to the, the first year I coached. I coached in Double Springs, Alabama. It's in Northwest Alabama. It's out there in Winston County by itself, and you know, and and you talk to people around there, and there was only three schools basically south of Montgomery they had ever even heard of. And and one of them was T.R. Miller. You know, you said T.R. Miller, they knew where that was. Uh, but if you said some of these other schools around, they didn't really have a clue about where they were or what was going on. So uh, the 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 success and the things that have happened down through the years at Miller have kind of transcended, you know, a, a lot of things. And I think it still means something to, uh, to, to be from Bruton and to be from T.R. Miller. Yes, that is very true. That is very true. I think, I think just the number of people you see in Birmingham when you tell them you're from Bruton, Alabama, it, it it's it's kind of wild. As a lady, I actually it's kind of a unique story coaching girls basketball. I wish I could remember the lady's name right now, but her daughter plays at Mortimer Jordan, and of course her her husband was like keeping the books. So I was just you know mid court pregame just talking. And, he, and, you know, we were sitting there just trying to chit-chat, and he asked me where I'm from, and I say, I'm from Bruton, Alabama. He said, my wife's from Bruton. And she walks down, and she the first thing she says, she said, you know, lady named Really Lee? She was my next-door neighbor. Of course, I know Really Lee really, really well. Yeah. And, of course, Miss Lee calls me the next day, and she's like, I can't, if I can remember her name, I, I would call it out right now. She's like, you met, you talked to such and such. Oh, she grew up over here in Lincoln Park. How about that? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're in – Trustful with Brian Bank Arena in 2002, chit-chatting about Bruton, Alabama, about people that we know. And and everybody you meet, you, you tell them you're from Bruton, they know somebody from Bruton. Every, 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 it seems like everybody does. And they'll start telling me, yeah, I know so-and-so, and, you know, my mother was there in 1955 or something, you know, and, 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 and start doing that. But it, it is amazing about all that. So, well, Juan, this has been really fun. I, I want to do another episode sometime, like I said, where we can get a little deeper into uh, to football with you because I got some questions I want to ask you and uh, and all. But I, I so much appreciate you doing this and uh, being a part of this. And like I said, I hope we'll, we can get together and do it again some other time. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, thanks. And uh, thank you all all for uh, tuning in to today to A Minute with Coach Riggs with uh, five big questions for Juan Johnson. Thanks again, Juan. And, uh, we look forward to seeing you again. This has been a minute with Coach Riggs. Thanks.